We'll get to the bottom of what the people want to know. Yeah. <laughs> who dressing who? <laughs> we know right. Coach ain't come with these new cements by itself. Come on, man. Yo, this is Huff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Huff. I just asked him outside. He's so Huff fresh. Is the man. Before they so even dress. Yeah, we know. Yeah. We know Coach ain't, ain't go get the cements by itself. Huff wore Jordans, though, in the league, too. He did. One of the originals. In games? Yeah. Really? It's like, he was might have been one athlete. of the originals. Yeah. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to remember, Huff was drafted seventh. The Raiders. Overall. Man. And Huff is the guy that tackles Lendell White in the national championship game. So he reminds me of that, too. Fourth and two. Yeah. When we were at SC. Uh-huh. Wow. Hmm. And at, at SC, were, were you and Lane there? We and Lane were together. Coach, I had to think that y'all were dating that unbeatable that year. We felt it. Because I do we, want to talk about it. We knew we were a little vulnerable defensively. We were young. Okay. So, like, that whole crew, like, Cushing, Ray, so my I want to talk about this. All yeah. those guys, were, they, were, they were freshmen. Wow. And so when we, when we were just – we just were outscoring everybody. Mm-hmm. But then we got to that game. I even remember, like, in warm-ups, I'm like, damn, they look like us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then early in the game, we tried to hit Reggie on a wheel route. Yep. And he got wired. Yep. I was like, I remember that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I and yeah. then Steve Smith double moved. Uh, I think it was Aaron Ross and Griff came over the top and picked it. I'm like, they got some, they got, they, they got real, ball. They got yeah, real players too, that's man. That's the fun ones. When and you're then, good and then you, yeah, yeah. you see. And okay. then Superman started playing. Vince went berserk. Yeah, Vince. I remember where I was when I was watching that game. We wanted Vince to come play freaking receiver at LSU. I still remember it. We were recruiting him to come play receiver. Out of Houston. Uh He was like, hell no. He was 6'5", wasn't he? Yeah. Oh. But he could do everything. Have you seen Vince? Vince is a big man. Yeah. Shit, we used to see him all the time in the AFC South when he was in uh, Tennessee. Yeah, Vince was. Vince is. uh, Debo suplexed him, though. Yeah. I fifteen. Put a, that's, hey, that's we took, your, that's your pride play. That's your pride yeah. play. You in trouble? Yeah, we took we took it off of Vince's mind. Put it on his tail. <laughs> changed the whole thing. Hold up. Limitless. Biggest to me, guy pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Biggest to me, guy pinning it. I father here to witness it. Well, Coach, thank you so much for uh, letting us into this beautiful facility. You know, I at one point in my life thought I was going to be a Texas Longhorn. You know, it was back in the day they sent you the book. Chris Carter was on the front, Westbrook. I was like, oh, yeah, they going to offer me for sure. They did not. I realized <laughs> that there was enough players in Texas that they didn't need me. But Coach tapping in yeah, uh, to Louisiana. Uh, coach Steve Sarkeesian, head coach of Texas, I know for you, you know, to be at a university like this, it just says a lot about the things you've gone through and the things that you've accomplished. Channing Crowder, Freddie T. Welcome to The Pivot, to our partners, Happy Dad, DraftKings, our sponsors. We thank you for all your support, everybody that watches the show. Uh, we're going to get in trouble, right? You Florida guy, right? You sitting here with the head coach of Texas. I'm an LSU guy. Uh, I'm doing the same, coach. But to get to where we are now, for you to have an opportunity to coach at one of the greatest universities in the entire land, it has to start in 2015. To go through what you went through, not as just a coach, but as a person, 
And to come through that adversity to be at this point is a story of perseverance, but also will and effort. Just take us back to that time of your life. Yeah, it was a tough start. Like when you, I like that we started there because the reality is that's when my life changed, right? That was when um, you're out of work, you can't get a job, you can't get an interview, you're trying to figure out who you are as a person and you start chopping away and you find out who is close to you and who's supporting you and you lean into those people and you lean into the people that have good intentions for you and you just start trying to find your way. And in 2015, as I came out of that and had gotten fired at USC, gone to recovery, started working on me personally, and then coming out of that, not being able to get a job, somewhere in there, somebody's got an extended olive branch to you. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, I was ready to go do TV. I, I, couldn't, get a, I couldn't get an interview for a job. And uh, Nick Saban saved my career. Wow. And he offered me an analyst job. And I was willing to do it for free. But he said, I gotta pay you $30,000 so that you can get benefits. And I said, okay, I'll do that. I'm forever indebted to him because at that time, you know, somebody in life has gotta give all of us a second chance, right? And um, it totally changed my perspective. It changed my perspective on how I coach, how I deal with our players. Um, because everybody's going through stuff, right? Everybody's got stuff. Whatever that, that your stuff is, you, you just try to get through it. And if I can be that guy that can extend that olive branch to our players as we go through this journey, I always lean back to that time because here's the greatest coach of all time in our era, right? And um, for whatever reason, he saw something in me to give me a chance, to give me a shot. From there, he actually makes me the offensive coordinator for the national championship game against Clemson. And I was an analyst, I wasn't even a coach. I call that game, um, it was an amazing game. Jalen Hurts scrambles and scores. Deshaun Watson goes down, wins the game. Coming out of that game, Dan Quinn offers me the offensive coordinator job with the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm thinking, Kyle Shanahan just goes to the 49ers. I'm gonna go to the Atlanta Falcons. And I go do it for two years. For whatever reason, that didn't work, you know? And I was like, okay, I figured out and I realized again, I'm a pretty good coach. I was gonna stay in the NFL, that was the plan. And uh, I'd actually verbally accepted a job to be an offensive coordinator of the NFL. And guess who called me again? Nick Saban called again. When Nick calls, man, whether you're a player or a coach, it's tough to say no. I called the woman in my life at that time, <laughs> who now is my wife, L'Oreal. And uh, I said, she didn't want me to leave Alabama the first time. And I said, why did you not want me to leave? And she reminded me that he gave me that chance and that I owed him. I went back and I went back for that very reason. Like I had unfinished business with this man that we didn't accomplish what we set out to do. And two years later, we go win a national championship, an amazing run. I had turned down some jobs along the way and Texas called and it was like, okay, this is the one. This is the one you're supposed to go take because you never know if you're gonna get another one. So you, the one you get, you hope that it's one that you can go achieve greatness and win a championship and build your own legacy. And uh, here we are, man. It's amazing. been an amazing ride. Coach, as you, and you're talking about the, you calling the national championship game, and I rem we remember that. We were part of football, and yeah. as you were playing and analyzing your coaching, your path is different than most coaches. They usually come up in the system, they sit behind somebody, then they'll have their job to go to a small school or just stay behind that guy. And he was at El Camino College. Yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> you look at through his, his Wikipedia like, hmm, how was that offense? But what, 
why is your past so different? Like, why are you talking about, yeah, I coached this game and I get an offer to coach an NFL team and things? Like, it seems like your coaching history is way different than other coaches. I don't know. You know, first of all, I've been lucky. Early in my career, um, you know, I was coaching in junior college at El Camino Junior College. And uh, Pete Carroll offers me to be a graduate assistant at USC when he just gets the job at SC. And, you know, Pete really became my mentor. I worked for him for seven years. I leaned into Pete and I just was like, man, I'm gonna be a sponge from this guy who I thought was incredible. The way he coached, the way he tapped into his players. Shoot, at 34 years old, I was the head coach at University of Washington. But I took that job when they were 0-12 the year before. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna try to go build this place. I'm gonna go take it back. Cause just like you, Ryan, I always wanted to go to UW when I was coming out of high school. They didn't offer me, but that was when UW was in their heyday, you know, national champs in 1991, all that. We did it for five years. USC called and I went, I went back. And probably that was the one mistake in my career because I didn't realize what I was building. I didn't recognize it. My, my eyes were too far down the road rather than just being where my feet are. Uh, and in the end, Coach Peterson comes in and two years later, they're in the college football playoff, you know, with a lot of those kids that, that we had recruited. You know, as, as you kind of navigate through, man, I just, the people I'm around, I try to be a sponge, you know, whether it was a Dan Quinn or a Nick Saban or a Pete Carroll. Shoot, I was with Norv Turner for a year in Oakland, and I thought he was an amazing offensive mind. And the other thing, you know, I try to do, quite frankly, I try to recreate our offense every year. I try not to just be the same. You know, who are we? What are we good at? And then let's go craft an offense that fits what those guys can do really well. In this business, relationships are a currency. Have you identified what they saw in you other than being a really good coach? One thing, I think I work hard. There's never, I'll, I'll get to that later. It's like, I'm going to finish what I start and I'm going to try to do it well. Because if I work for you, I want you to look at my work and say, this is really well done, you know? So whether I'm a pleaser or not, I don't know, but I feel like I always wanna, I wanna validate my work with the people that I'm working for. I do think that positive energy, there's something about that. Every day I walk in a building, I'm grateful, man. I, every day I walk through this front door here, man, I'm so grateful to be the head coach at University of Texas. Like, I do not take it for granted. That energy starts at 5.30 when I walk in, you know? And it, what, the next person I see, it's like, how do I uplift that person to be the best that they can be? And I'm about giving, not taking. And in the end, because when you give, you do end up receiving. I just try to impact people that way, you know, in just a really positive, in a positive way. And I don't know, you know, quite frankly, I don't know what they saw, you know, but it must have been something pretty good. They keep promoting me for the next job. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, of, of positive impacts and relationships, you mentioned your wife earlier. And a lot of times when you are going through things, people see it as occupational because what you were dealing with occupationally was so public. But there's also that personal and internal fight that you have to deal with. And I told your wife when we walked in, I was like, listen, you're a damn black woman, superhero. You know what I mean? I'm talking about legendary game day fits. You say she don't dress you. I don't really know, coach. You got the cement. You got the cements on. But when you are going through those things, not only, like you said, rebuilding your career, but rebuilding yourself. What is it like to have someone so strong believe in you and continue to be in your corner through those times of getting back to this point? I think a couple things. You know, she is she is that person because. You know, the reality of it is there were things in my life that, shoot, I, I had to get reconnected to the Lord. 
you know, and she helped me do that. I had to find my own self-confidence again, you know. Well, anytime you get fired, I don't care what industry you're in, you lose some of that confidence, you know. It's like, how do you find it again? How do you recreate it again? And, and she was the one that kept reminding me. She was the one when jobs would come up, she said, I don't think that's the one. I think you're better than that. And I was like, wow, okay, all right. right. I, I, it was like, I needed, I needed some of that, you know, to build my own self-confidence. And then even going through our times, like, because the, the idea to think that, hey, I did that in 2015 and then I've just, life's been great and perfect since then. No, nah, we all, we still have struggles. We still go through things. You know, it's a, it's a daily process for all of us. She's been there every step of the way, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it's looked like. And she's right there every single time. And even on game day, she dresses me on game day. I'll, I'll give her that. Not everybody loves what I wear, but I like it. She likes it. So, so we're, we're good with it. And coach, it's, it's crazy to hear you say like that you get down because as a player, like you know it's gonna come to an end sooner or later. Or if you get hurt, you can say, hey, I'm slower because of my ankle. As a coach, like your system works, your offense works, it's worked. So if you lose a job or have, you know, some turmoil, why would you question yourself? Like you know, you just said I can recreate what I know works. Yeah. So why would you ever question yourself? I, I think it's part of human nature some, right? I mean, at, at the end of the day, nobody likes to feel like I didn't get the job done. Like that's who I've always been. I've been a worker, I'm gonna get the job done. And they didn't think I got the job done. Like well, that, that, them. yeah. Well, you, you get, no. like, <laughs> well, my point is, my point is you, yeah. get, you get to that, right? Yeah. But I wasn't there in 2015. I was at a point where, man, I had gotten fired. I was trying to get a job. Shoot, I couldn't get a call back. I was willing to work for free. I couldn't get an interview. And so the, the point of it was, man, then you start to question like, well, shoot, is, is it ever going to happen again? Is this going to happen again? And it takes one shot. The one shot I got just happened to be from the GOAT. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, that changed the whole deal. Coach, in listening to Channing, it almost seems like he's asking about questioning your football acumen. Clearly, no one questions that because that's how you have a job. That's right. why the GOAT calls you because he ain't stupid. Right. right. And he understands and he believed in you as a person, too. You know, you said you didn't get the job done. But is it different that you feel like you didn't get the job done and it was who you were? Because I, I, to me, I think that would be harder for me. It's not it's not that I didn't know football because right. I know I knew football. I could do that. I didn't do some other things. And right. I'm pretty sure that's why you couldn't get the call back or the interviews. How difficult was that part to do? That was the key, right? Because in the end of the day, it's like, man, I made some choices and decisions in my life that are impacting my future, mm. right? It wasn't about, did I know how to beat cover three or could I pick up this blitz or could I attack, you know, red four or any of those things. It was, I had done some things in my life and I made choices and decisions in my life that at that point I was like, man, this is affecting my future now. Not only did it affect my present, I got fired because of it, but now, man, is this affecting my future? Yeah. Am I ever gonna get another shot to show you what I really know in football, to show you how I can beat Red Four, how, to, how I can find that weak link in your defense, how I can go attack that corner and get it formationally set up to where my best player is against your worst player. I knew I could do that. It was, were my choices and decisions gonna ultimately affect my chance to go do that again. 
that's where that was the struggle, you know. And you made the decision to keep the main thing the main thing and come down here to the big, beautiful state of Texas. Why Texas? It's the biggest brand in the land, man. <laughs> well, what, what, that, that is very yeah. true. And, and football down here is heaven. Yeah. You know, people down in Texas, especially these cowboy fans, like our producer back there, she's, <laughs> she's crazy. Uh, but they love their football in this state yeah. and the pressures that come along with that. What was it about this university where you said, you know what, yeah. this is going to be on? I've never not loved a great challenge. I've always wanted something to men. I wanted to do it the biggest, the best, better than anyone's ever done it before. So that's why you take an 0-12 Washington job. Yeah. That's why you go to USC when they're on probation and they only got 50 kids on scholarship. That's why you go to Atlanta after they just have the catastrophic loss in the Super Bowl and see if you can take them back. And then that's why you come to Texas after a decade of down years and would they ever get back and, and can, you, can you recreate it and turmoil and different things going on. And um, it was like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to go do. This is, yeah. I'm built for this, you know? And as you go through it and you watch the transformation, in my past, I didn't appreciate the transformation because I was always worried about what was down the road. Today, now I go through it and I see it. I, I try to really watch our team. Like, I was just telling my brother-in-law the other day, I said, this looks like my team. Mm. And it's year three. I said, yeah. it feels and looks like my team. The, the way the players talk, the way they act, what they look like, the way they move, the way they run, how we practice, the speed, the tempo, all of those things, man, I'm like, okay, now we're about ready to go. This is, this is what it's supposed to look like. And, 90 and we need to because we're going to the conference you guys just came yes. Oh, yeah, big time. That, that's <laughs> big, big time. But 90% of your offense, well, your rushing offense, just went to the NFL and, and B. John Robinson. And I see that you have some guys that have been here and you got a, a five-star, right, from Florida. Out of Orlando. Out of Orlando. Uh, and a few young quarterbacks, one who can't keep up with his ID, right? <laughs> Arch <laughs> That's Manning. Right. That's right. How has the process of, you know, getting back to it, you just finished up spring, how has that process been for, you know, uh, to, to get this next season going? It's been good. You know, every year you have your own challenges, right? You look at your team, you look at your roster, where are your issues? Okay, how are we going to fix these issues? And then how are we going to play to the strengths of what we have? We lost two great players, really. We lost B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Roshan. I mean, those guys. For it. Yeah. Watch those two dudes train. I don't mean to interrupt you, coach. Great humans. Like, not just good kids. I mean, great leaders, great young men. Those dudes host Bible study with their guys that they're training with for the combine. And so I can understand the sort of attachment you would have to both yeah. of those. And I owe a great deal to both of them because when we came here, the program was not stable, as I would like to say it. And our first year was tough. It was hard, man. We lost some really tough games. Those guys were rocks every day. They showed up. They practiced harder than anybody. They worked harder than anybody in the offseason. Now they're gone. Mm -hmm. So now you got to tap into, okay, who do we have now? And we got some really good players on board now. Who's coming into the program to help us? We, you talked about Cedric Baxter out of Orlando. But what else on our team, where are we going to lean into, mm -hmm. right? Are we going to lean into an Xavier Worthy, a Jordan Whittington? Yeah. Uh, are we going to bring in an A.D. Mitchell from Georgia? Maybe we got to throw the ball a little bit more. 
But what I do know, Fred, every year I've called plays in college football, I've always had a thousand yard rusher. I saw that. So <laughs> and you got your big boys. Somebody's up front. gonna tote it for us, right. man. And we're and gonna and figure all, it out. All of the linemen are returning. <laughs> yeah. The entire line, yep. right? All five, all exciting. five linemen. We started two true freshman old linemen. We had a freshman all American left tackle uh, in Kelvin Bank. So um, we believe in running the football. We believe you 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 win games up front and you run the ball. And I think your team figures out. You know, we, we do team run. You aren't allowed to throw a pass, man. It's it's eleven on nine, really, because we, the safeties know we're not throwing it. But we develop an identity, and the team knows, hey, that guy running that ball right there in the fourth quarter, he's going to run it, and we're going to be able to run it when they know we're going to run it. And I think there's a mentality in that, and you got to stop the run. Like everything in football starts there. It's like it goes all the way back for decades. You got to be able to run the football. Hey, Coach, you are tasked with getting Texas back to the top of the mountain in football. But this isn't your first run-in with Texas. At one point, USC was the, was the pinnacle, Coach. That you was had to the bring peak. it up, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That, was, that was who, you know, I mean, Reggie Bush, Lindell White, Matt Lana, y'all had them all, Coach. Uh, you guys run into Texas in the national championship, and that's what they want your team to look like now what was that like when you step onto the field and you kind of know that y'all were it and you look across the sideline and you're like oh shoot they might be it too when we went into that rose bowl we had won 33 straight games i mean that's 33 games in a row and we're, we're trying to we're trying to win our third straight national championship and um even in pregame you could kind of look you know you know as coaches you you're looking at there yeah let me check <laughs> Like, wait a minute, they look like us, right. you know? They, they, look, they look like we looked. And um, as the game got going, I remember, you know, we called a wheel route to Reggie early in the game, and the linebacker was in his hip pocket, and the ball fell incomplete. I remember we threw a double move, and Michael Griffin comes out of the roof and intercepts the ball uh, right on the goal line. And then all of a sudden, Superman started taking over, and Vince Young started being Vince Young. Yeah. But, but that team, that Texas team, was a lot more than just Vince. That secondary is legendary. Yeah. The Michael Huff, Aaron Rosses of the world. It both was an Griffin brothers? Yeah, both yeah. of them. And it was, it was an amazing game. And I say it all the time, like, even when we got in the locker room, I remember sitting there thinking, man, I might have just been part of the greatest college football game ever with the, with the amount of talent and the way the game went. You know, Michael Huff works for us now. Right. And uh, he's the guy that gave me the cements, by the way. Just so you know, <laughs> Huff, I'm giving you a plug. But in the end, it came down to fourth and two. And at that time, Reggie had just won the Heisman. Mm -hmm. But Lendell was the hot hand that night. Lendell was running the ball, and he was physical, and he was tough. And um, Coach Carroll was like, you got to go for it, because we aren't going to stop him anyway, so we got to try to win the game right here. And um, Michael Huff. Tackles Lendell White short, and there goes Vince Young, fourth and four, scores. And yeah. the, the confetti, the shot of Vince scoring with the confetti, it's like one of the most legendary pictures in, in all of college football history. We had Bijan on, on the show, and he would always talk about, like, that was before last season, he's like five and seven. And then you guys start this year, and you know one of your early games is Alabama. And it's a, tight, it's a tight game, it's a close game. And you're speaking of players who could put on Superman capes, you played against one as well in Bryce Young. Yeah. When you think about Quinn going out early in that game, and he did have a hot hand. When you look at this year's team, Coach, what's to, what has to be done for y'all to take that next step and be on that next level where when you are across from the GOAT, 
on the other sideline, Texas comes out on top. We do. We play them September 9th, and everybody knows it. You know, yeah. that we're, we're going to Tuscaloosa this time around. And I think the experience on our team matters this year. Um, at the end of the day, to beat the Alabamas, the Georgias of the world, you got to be good up front, which I think we are. You got to have playmakers on the perimeter, which I believe we have. And you got to have a quarterback. You know, it's the most important position in sports for a reason. And um, we're fortunate to, to have more than one. And I think that that's what it takes. We learned that in that game last year because you never know when that guy could get could get injured and who's going to come in next. And that lends itself to recruiting. And you know, we've we've we're starting to stack recruiting classes on top of one another, like you're supposed to do to to build that talent. But in the end. I think it's going to be our composure and our experience late in games to go finish those tight ball games that we learned kind of how to do last year, and now we really got to take that next step this year. And Coach, uh, Nick Saban, like you said, he extended that olive branch to get you back in, and he drafted me. So he honestly changed both of our lives, Nick Saban. <laughs> yes, yeah. He's you, changed a lot of lives, and people don't know uh, yes. that about him. Yeah. He He's changed, changed a lot of lives, man. He is he and Miss Terry. They do a lot. They they're some of the most compassionate people I've I've ever met. Yeah, and I showed him my appreciation by bringing a stripper into him for the rookie show in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I I'm know sure, you didn't bring hey, him one, so it's uh, you know we show, we show our appreciation different, coach. <laughs> but it's funny when you said because I co I co I played for him. He cut Gator, he cusses you out, talks to you like a child. You know how it is. You don't have to co-sign. But the coaches get it too, you know. <laughs> okay, so y'all get cussed out too. Okay, but you recognize his greatness. You recognize him as a defensive guy. He's a defensive mind. He would call plays and tell you they're throwing the backside of trips. They're gonna throw a screen. This is how he'd say it. They're gonna throw a screen to your guy. They, they don't think you can tackle, so he's coming to you. <laughs> Damn, coach, why can't you just tell me play the back tight? <laughs> but he he would talk crazy to you, but you respect his football mind. The man's a genius. Now you're going back to play the guy that brought you up. Are you going into a game against Nick Saban's defense? Are you whistling through the graveyard? I got him. Oh, no, no, no big deal. Is there respect there? Because you can't respect him too much because you got to go after his neck. But you still can't act like he's not Nick Saban. No, no, there's definitely a, a, a high level of respect because I know the work that he puts in. I know the work that he has his staff put in. I know the way they practice. I know the way they prepare. But that's what motivates you too, right? My, myself, like I've been on that staff, right? And I know, I know what it looks like. And so you're always trying to find that edge as a coach. And shoot, I felt like last year we had our chances and that we created some opportunities for ourselves and that's what it's gonna take. And then the key to the drill is when you get your ops, you gotta, you gotta, make, them, you gotta make them come to life. And so there's definitely a great deal of respect um, for their program, the history and tradition of, of Alabama, Coach Saban. But in the end, you know, we're, we're the University of Texas too, yeah. and we got pretty good players too, and we got pretty good coaches too. In the end, you got to go play the game, and yeah. and who can make those plays, who can call the right calls at the right time, and have your players prepared in the most critical moments. That's that's ultimately what football comes down to. You know, there's that eight to ten plays that ultimately define a game, and can you make those plays in those moments? Stand with Bama. You've been around some really good young quarterbacks, and Mac Jones. And uh, Tua, right? You have a, a second ago I mentioned a young guy coming here losing his ID, Arch Manning. Yeah. Does he wear the Manning name well? First of all, he lost his ID twice. Twice. The, the first two, not once, but twice. twice. <laughs> but the beauty of it is this. He's a, he's a kid. He's right. a college kid. Like, I think so many times you see the Manning name and you think he's this perfect in a box, like nothing's wrong with him. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with him, but he's still a kid. No. I love that about him. 
But what he does have that I think is, is somewhere in the Manning DNA, this guy loves football. He works at football. We practice in the morning. That evening, he wants to already be up here watching every one of his plays. He works at his craft. He wants to be great. There's no doubt about it. And I think that's why he came here, you know? And hey, we've had a pretty good track record of developing quarterbacks over the last 20 years. We, we really have. Going back to Carson Palmer or Matt Leiner, Matt Castle, Jake Locker. I mean, we, we've, we've had a pretty good run. And I think their family handled recruiting really well. He's got two great parents. I will say this, I never talked to Peyton or Eli one time. As much as people think they are involved in this whole thing, I didn't talk to them. Their family went through the recruiting process. They visited. They got to know L'Oreal and I. They got to know our staff. They got to know the players we were recruiting. They got to know the city of Austin. And ultimately, Arch said, that's where I want to go to school. Who else do you want me to recruit? And he started talking to said Baxter. He started talking to Anthony Hill. He started talking to Jonte Cook. And we ended up with one of the top recruiting classes in the country. But he's spearheaded that like a really good quarterback should. Yeah. Right? They they're the leaders of that class and and where this program can go. Well, fellas, it's not our time anymore. It's time for the Hoopers. But it is time for DraftKings Sportsbook. And any new customer using the promo code Pivot, you make a $5 bet and you get $150 in bonus bets. $150 in bonus bets. You know what I'm doing with mine? Same Here game you parlays. Go. Multiple bets on the same game. It multiplies your chance of winning even more money. But the same game parlays aren't everywhere. But I do know one thing, Chan. If you take your little mobile device and download DraftKings Daily Fantasy, you still can get some action. That's what I do, and that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to win. Listen, Fred don't have his phone out, but I'll take mine out. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Any new customer using the promo code PIVOT, a $5 wager. If you hit, you get $150 in bonus bet. Man, y'all, we already love sports, but with DraftKings, it makes it so much more fun. You're watching your teams win, and you're winning money. You can't beat it. And stay tuned to the end of the show. We got some picks coming for you. DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Coach, you've been in the game so long, and you had that stacked team at USC and now having an opportunity, like you said, to stack recruiting classes to build the team in your image the way that you want them to look. With NIL and all the things that are different now, the transfer, transfer portal, how has that changed the way you guys go about recruiting? And do you think it's positive as well? It goes both ways for me. You know, part of me is a, a little bit of a traditionalist when it comes to college football. Like, I still love bowl games, man. Like, they were, there was something special about it. But now we're going to a 12-team playoff here in the future, you know? What is that going to look like for the team that's number 13 and right. 14 and 15? Uh, the transfer portal definitely has changed the game in the fact that, you know, we've got young men on our team who are four- and five-star kids that we're recruiting, and everybody wants instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? There's a thing called development still. There's a thing called perseverance that, that, is, that is a trait that we can, we can work on and get better at. But everybody's got somebody at home telling them, man, you should be playing more. Let's go over here. Let's take your ball and go over here. And so that's where I think the relationship piece is so important as a coach. We really got to develop great relationships with our, with our players so that they feel they can trust us, man. And trust is something you earn over time yeah. with consistency. You don't get it overnight. So we have to keep working at it. But then all of a sudden there's NIL. So now all of a sudden you're talking about, well, I love it here, coach, but if I go over here, they're going to pay me X, Y, or Z. 
what can we do here? I'll say this, we're fortunate in the University of Texas, man. We've got great support at this university. Um, so we're, I think we can keep the players that we have, but also recruit the right players that fit. I will say this about recruiting that I think maybe we're different than others, I don't know. NIL is the last thing I talk about to recruits about. It's good. Bro. I sell the University of Texas. We've got an unbelievable product. The University of Texas, the history and tradition, the facilities, the world-class education, the city of Austin is on fire. It's the fastest growing city in the United States. No pro sports to compete with. We got no NFL, no NBA, no Major League Baseball. At the end, I talk about NIL because I want to I wanna suck them all the way in mm -hmm. toward, man, they want to come to Texas so bad. Right. Then we'll talk about NIL. If I put it, if I put the cart before the horse and talk about NIL first, they're coming for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And in the end, they're, I'm going to have disgruntled employees, right? I'm going to have disgruntled players that, man, I'm not. Coach, that just hurt my soul. That you had to say about college athletes, you're going to have disgruntled employees. Yeah. Because like I, when I went to school, it wasn't a choice. If I wanted yeah. to leave LSU. I had to go to Southern. Nothing's wrong with HBCU, yeah. but I knew the difference in playing in front of, at that time, 92,000 and playing in front of 10. Yep. You know, I knew the opportunities I had there, the facilities, but now, you know, kids, I redshirted. I, as a freshman, I just played nickel and special teams. Yep. And then by the time I earned it, I was so, I was so grateful for it. And I loved being at that school and earning, earning my way when you do have to have that conversation when a kid says, Coach, look, I ain't playing. And this school says, I'm going to get this NIL money here. I want to go there. Is it a situation where you're working to keep them? Or you feel, to, you feel like, well, if you've already gotten to this point in your process, this isn't the school for you? I think it goes both ways. I feel for our players because I do think it's not just them. A lot of times they're hearing it from outside sources, high school coaches, trainers, right? Family members, uncles, Social whatever media. it is, right? Social media, right? Every, everything's out there now that they're trying to figure out who they are. But for us, that's where I think the relationship piece is so critical so that I can be honest. I don't ever feel like I have to tell somebody something that isn't true. And when I can be really honest with the young man and say, hey, you're probably a year away, but that's okay. Here's what we're gonna work on with you to get you to that point. So when your time comes, I don't wanna throw you out on that field in front of 105,000 people and you don't know what to do. Hell no. Or you get beat, yeah. or you can't make that tackle, or you can't cover that guy, or you can't run that route. When I put you out on that field, I want you to play great. Right. Because in the end, that's gonna help you go fulfill your real dream of playing in the NFL. And I think our players really understand it, I, I do. But everything we do in our program now is totally transparent and tro totally upfront. I wasn't always that way as a coach, mm. you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever it was. But now, because I've had, I've had to change, I've had to become vulnerable, I become vulnerable with our players. And I think they appreciate it. And I can start closing the gap on earning their trust quicker. And then I can have those conversations that are, that are really just upfront and honest about where they're at in their development stage of their career. Did NILs change the kids? Because you'd bring up back, at, back in the you know, early 2000s when you couldn't do it. Yeah. And then you coaching all those great players. But I'm looking at B. John Robinson. Didn't he drive a Lamborghini? He had a Lamborghini. Like you have a running back that has a Lamborghini. He's a child. <laughs> There's Georgia, UGA. I saw a video of them. Dudes coming at back to back to back Hellcats. Like, I don't know. They locked me up three times and I didn't have a million dollars. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying, Coach? Like, I, I would have been in trouble with a million dollars at 18 because I was getting in trouble with Nan Dime. But you sing pre-NIL and now you sing NIL. I don't know if the, the drive will be the same. I don't know if the studying will be the, you know, would they work harder or work less with all this money? I don't know from a coach's perspective. Yeah. You've seen both sides. How, how is it different when a kid is driving a Lamborghini and know he got seven figures in the bank? Well, I think, I think it's a couple things. One, you got to, in recruiting, you got to really start to dig into the character of the kid. Yeah. You got to know the kid, man. It's not just what's on the tape. You really got to dig into the character of the kid. Who is he? What's he made of? What's he about? And that doesn't, even if he's not perfect, that doesn't mean he can't get to where we need him to get to. But if, what's his intense? You know, what's, what, what is he intentional with what he's trying to get done? That's why we talk about NIL last. Yeah. But the point is, like, I want to I hit on Bijan because this is important. That had nothing to do with the University of Texas. Bijan got that Lamborghini because of Bijan Robinson, because of who he was as a person. We had already touched on it. He is a better human being than he is football player. And at first when he got the car, I actually thought he was almost embarrassed to drive it. <laughs> he did not want to be out there like that. Yeah. He's such a good person that way. Now we had other guys that were chomping at the bit to get Lamborghini. And I, <laughs> hey, and I told him, don't give him one. <laughs> because he, he, A, yeah. A, he'll probably wreck it, and that's not good for your insurance. And B, he won't be able to handle it. Yeah. And so we yeah, try yeah. to help that, help a lot of some of those bigger NIL deals with people of who's mature enough to handle those things as they work their way through it. That's more stress on you now. See, his point, though, you wouldn't have gotten one. Who wouldn't have? That's what he's saying. Hey, like, Coach Whenever G. they came to him, like, hey, Coach, they'd be like, hey, you, hey, you might not have been watching the SEC, but I would bust an no. ass over there. <laughs> when they would have came to him and said you earned it, he'd have said, nah, I don't think Channing going to be able to handle it. What? All American, baby. I can eat a Lamborghini. I don't think it's as much the actual NIL. And, Coach, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Give me your opinion on it. I think having the NIL and the transfer portal as it stands now, I don't think they could really coexist as it stands now because kids are using the portal as leverage to say, hey, I'm going to leave. I can get more over here from this school. And now you're stuck. You've you know, spent all these man hours in recruiting, and now this kid's going to just up and, and leave because of instant gratification, entitlement, that other thing. So I don't think it's NIL per se, Chan. I think it's more so the portal and them having an out when they don't get what they want. Yeah, just the, the changing of it. Back when we were, we got recruited, you go to your school, you as a freshman, they redshirt you, you have some old, some old guy, four years old, he's gonna play over you. You might sneak in halfway through the season, like that was a set way. Now, these kids are getting, like you're saying, the, the transfer portal, I, think, they, I, think I have the to keep them happy, emotionally happy, and now I gotta keep them financially happy. Take your ass to class. <laughs> That's like, exactly what we say. Too. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what, what? And ask any one of our players. That's exactly what we say. Yeah, but seeing both sides, though, of it, could every coach adjust to what's going on now? Because obviously you have. I, I don't know. I, mean, I think time will tell, right? Yeah. Time's going to tell. But I will, I will take this, and I give Coach Saban a lot of credit for this. He, he used a saying, and it wasn't about this. It was something about totally different. But I've held on to the saying, ever since and I will forever. Adapt or die. There's a reason dinosaurs aren't on the earth anymore. You ha we have to adapt. Wow. This, this is the time of college football right now. We've got NIL and transfer portal like this. Is it healthy for our sport? I don't know. But at the end of the day, what are we doing? How are we adapting to it? And I, 
hey, I'm not saying this is secret sauce or not. There is one thing we do here that I think has helped. The moment you go in the transfer portal at the University of Texas, you're no longer coming back. Mm. Which I, I think a that. lot of schools do. Kids go and test the waters and try to come back. We're not, I'm not playing that game. Right. Mm. If you want to go in the portal, go in the portal. Good luck to you. Now, we, we have real candid conversations before that. But in the end, at some point, there has to be something that we can hold on to to say, hey, man, like this is a special place. Mm -hmm. And they may, you may get a, some more money over here or they're promising you playing time over there, but we're promising you an amazing experience. We're promising you development. We're promising you growing as a man. We're promising you, here's a coach who's being vulnerable with you, who's being candid with you, who's being transparent with you. I don't know if you're gonna get that over there. The grass might look greener, yeah. but when you get over there, they might've sprayed it. <laughs> AstroTurf. <laughs> hey, Coach, well, Baltimore is letting Lamar Jackson test the transfer portal right now. Yeah. And so, you know what I mean? Maybe everybody <laughs> don't feel that way. Coach, I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit because uh, I am just very interested in life. Yeah. And I think that's one thing about our show. Uh, you have three kids. Yeah. And I think I looked at the pillow over yeah. there, and that, and that may be them. And they've watched you persevere through so much. Where are you just right now in your life looking at everything that you've been through and now everything that you have? Man, there was a time when I was going through it, the relationship was, was fragmented. You know, I was their dad who was on the ticker, mm. right? I was their dad who at school, you know, kids will say things to them that are the most hurtful things in the, in the world about their dad personally right? And the, those kids are saying it because that's what their parents, they hear their parents saying, right? That's where they... So in the end, the fact that my own son is going to be coming here this fall to be on our team, that this is what he wants to do is come play for his dad, um, that, that's amazing. You know, my daughter's studying abroad. She goes to NYU. I'm like, this, those, those are the things now as a father that, man, I don't... I'm, not that I missed it back then, but man... I, I put a wedge in that relationship a while ago that I've every day working to try to get back. And, you know, I've, I've got an unbelievable wife. I've got three kids. I've got, a, I've got an amazing team of 100, another 120 kids that I, I feel like are, we raise every day, you know, and we're finding a way to raise them every day. And the impact I can have on people around me, like, I don't take it lightly, you know, I, I really don't. Um, I'm fortunate, I'm, I'm so blessed to be where I'm at today that, man, I just, that's why I have the pillow. They gave me that as a Christmas gift, by the way. <laughs> and I, I don't think anybody thought I was gonna bring it in the office and put it in here, but I was like, that's, that's the perfect thing because it's a great reminder of kind of how far I've come to the fact that there was a time when, man, that wasn't that way. Hey. And coach, you bring up your wife and to joking about how she dresses you and all that stuff. Coach, you married a sister. I'm putting it out there, like you know, I, I'm a black woman over there, coach. <laughs> and it's just, I, I was surprised, but also being in Texas, being in coaching, being around that stuff. Like, is, is it? Do you? Does your wife feel a certain way? Does she ever get you know treated differently, or what goes on there? Because I would say. This relationship is not what I've seen in the past. And I know a lot of coaches, I play for a lot of coaches. I actually coach in high school and stuff. So the, the, the interracial running the University of Texas athletic program pretty much as a head football coach. Right. 
and an interracial relationship. And it's usually the other way around. We're going to be totally honest. It's usually... <laughs> That's real talk. It's usually yeah. a black man with a white woman. So this is a different perspective, and this is a different thing than I've ever seen. Well, might have outkicked my coverage a little yeah, you, bit. You did. Yeah, so pointed, let's start, let's start with that. Yeah. The ball. So <laughs> he pointed to a piss out of it. Johnson? The Gunners better show up, right? Um, but in the end, you know, we say it all the time. Like, we're here for a reason. Like, God put us here for a reason at the University of Texas for something bigger than just winning football games. And I think that... Um, in the end, the impact that we have, not only on our team, on the university, on our community, uh, is a positive one. I think we live life the right way. Um, shoot, we love one another, you know? And in the end, I don't think, we don't look at each other that way, you yeah. know? And I think all of a sudden now, it's like, it's okay, mm -hmm. you know? It's okay. And in a time when, you know, a couple years ago, the civil unrest and things, everything that was going on, for us to be put at the University of Texas, coming out of all that stuff, hopefully we're setting a standard of, man, this is what America can be. It doesn't have to be what it was. This is what it can be. And we can treat people with respect, we can love one another, and we can do it on a really high level. I say it all the time, if our society could be a football locker room, it would be a better place. Because yeah. mm -hmm. a football locker room is Nobody cares if you're black, white, Samoan, Hispanic. Nobody, man, we're on a That's team cool and, we're, and, we're all, and we're all working towards a common goal, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And, and we all have a role to make that, make that happen, yeah. right? And everybody's job is different. That's what makes football so beautiful, right? There's 22 guys on the field every snap and everybody's in a different stance, got a different responsibility, got a different key, got to play it differently. And then you got to go do it again and again and again and again. And so we're just living it on a daily life, you know. Dude, we love it, you know. And again, I think we're impacting people in a positive way. Hey, coach, former football player, track and field athlete. If we put y'all both on the line right now to run the 40, who wins? I get smoked. I get smoked. <laughs> I got no chance. I got no chance, man. Coach, know how to be married. Yeah. No, 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 no. Got she got no it. Chance, she, oh, man. no, Jack. No you chance. You about to mess up my house. <laughs> Hey, he's like, remember you said I was oh, married see, to a no. black woman. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I ain't going home with y'all. <laughs> Coach, upon walking in here, um, I peeked behind your desk, saw a few quotes back there. I just wanted Why are you to... going behind people's desks, no, I friend? peeked. I peeked. You can read, man. You know, you know they was looking funny when we walked in here. <laughs> Get out your here, big man. ass sneaking around. <laughs> no, but let's see, they always beat me up like this. What is all love? Just a few quotes, right? And I want you to tell me which one resonates the most with you and then break it down for me a little bit. Today is most important day. Be a thermostat and not a thermometer and better never rest. Which one resonates the most with you? They all do. They all do. But I would say be a thermostat, not a thermometer. And the reason is, is because that plays into today's the most important day. You know, when you think about a thermostat, that sets the temperature in the room. Mm -hmm. A thermometer just gauges and tells you what the temperature is. Right. So my idea is, man, everywhere I go and in my own life, I want to set my own temperature, right? I want to, I want, and I try to try to really get that across to our players. Like you don't have to buy into what your circumstances are, right? Or what a relationship you think, what society is telling you it's supposed to be or whatever that is. How do you want to go live life, 
right? What type of energy do you want to provide? Who do you want to be every day? And so I'm, I'm a, I want to be a thermostat. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, oh, it's supposed to be cold. Okay, I'm going to, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be cold now or it's hot. I'm supposed to be hot now. Shoot. I go upstairs, it's hot when I go where my wife is, so I want to be back downstairs where the temperature's where I want it to be, right? So you want to, in my opinion, I think being a thermostat is, is more important, in, you know, obviously than being a thermometer, but that lends itself to today is the most important day because it's all about being where your feet are, man. Today is the most important day. We, I can't get tomorrow back. Tomorrow's not promised. Today is the most important day. That leads me into it with a sayings. Like I, I played for Zook at Florida, Charlie Strong, who was here in the past. Yep. And those guys, they don't have these sayings and all. And as a mm-hmm. kid, I would be like, oh yeah, thermostat, not thermometer. But then when I got to the league, like give me my check and I'll go out here and make yeah. these tackles for you. Like yeah. the thought of it, I wanted to ask you because Nick Saban, we talked about earlier, he drafted me two years and he was out of the NFL. He's about 500. Yep. Um, Urban Meyer went over to Jacksonville and made a damn fool of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, just great coaches. College coaches trying yeah. to get to the league. You've done both. You've never really been ten toes down in the league. You never yeah. put years and years in, but you've been on both sides. Yeah. Why do Hall of Fame, great national championship college coaches, why can't they make it in the NFL? Um, I don't know because I look at Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I think there's always you can always find one for the other, right? Yes. And I've seen plenty of NFL coaches try to come to college too and not do great. You know, so I think there's. You have to know your environment and what you're in. I mean, shoot, when I was in the league in two years in Atlanta, I loved my time. I mean, I was coaching Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Muhammad Sanu, uh, Calvin Ridley, Devontae, Devontae Freeman. You know, I mean, I had, I had we, Austin Hooper. We had a great yeah, team. Players. We had players. Yeah, players. Yeah, we had yeah. pros. I mean, and they were, they were awesome to coach. And they, they wanted to be coached hard. I think at the end of the day, great players want to be coached. Yeah. They want, to, they want to make sure that they're getting put in position to be successful on game day, mm-hmm. right? And are the coaches doing that? And I think the higher you move yourself up the food chain and those players, as you guys all were great players in the NFL, you know if that coach is helping you prepare. Yeah. You know if that coach is putting you in position to be successful. And if they're not, or if you guys feel like they're faking it or they don't know what they're talking about, you checked out, yeah. man. We're, we're we're cooked, man. We got no shot. Like th- this whole idea. Like I I live by this this concept of credibility. Mm-hmm. All right. I think anytime you speak to anybody, whether it's in a room, could be speaking at a at a function. It could be this interview. It could be talking to a team. It could be in your position meeting. Every time somebody speaks, everybody is asking themselves a few questions. Right? A. Do you know what you're talking about? B, have you ever coached anybody like me? C, have you ever done this before? Mm-hmm. And if no, 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 you might as well just reject everything the guy's saying already. You might as well leave because you're going to reject it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? But if there's a yes in there, you'll start to accept some of the messaging or the, or the, the fundamentals or the techniques or the schemes that start getting presented to you. Oh, I know what they thought we was about to do. They thought we was going to bring you something from our partners, DraftKings, about how they wanted to give you money. But in truth, I just want to talk about the picks. Who you got for MVP? Oh, you know I'm going my man, Jokic. He's balling triple-doubles every night. Jokic is going to win his third in a row. Damn, that's tough. I like Embiid, but I also like Jason Tatum. I don't know. 
Y'all went the easy route. Y'all picked the MVP. Of course it's one of those two guys, but Emmanuel Quickly from New York, that's my dude that's going to win the sixth man of the year. And our partners, DraftKings, wants you to be here for all of it. You know, Coach, there are going to be coaches that sit at their homes and watch this or coaches, coaches who have watched you rebuild your career. And many of those African-American coaches as well are going to say, there's no way we could have made the decisions Steve Sarkeesian made right. and now be in this position. And you've worked your way back to this point. What do you go out and do or what are your actions and attempt to show how grateful you are for now being in this place? It's really cool of you to ask this question because how can I touch as many of them as I can, as many coaches as I can, as many young coaches as I can? I mean, I, as a head coach, I probably call more young coaches to check on them. How are you doing? What's going on? How are you trying to do this? Are you trying to do that? Because at the end of the day, I am grateful. This is not promised to me. You know, I just tried to work hard. I tried to connect with the right people. I'm hopeful everybody gets a second chance. And so here, you know, have I given a, a lot of guys second chances? Sure. Mm. Have people thought about, I've coaches on our staff, why are you giving that guy a second chance? I mean, this guy, or a fourth or a fifth chance? Because I got those chances, you know? Mm -hmm. I got those chances. Now, at some point, if they're a detriment to the team, we always got to make those tough choices, right? As coaches and as, as humans. But, man, I'm always trying to, one more shot, man, one more chance, because you never know. That might turn the corner. That might be the light switch to make that happen, you know? I wish everybody would get the chance that I got because that's, look, look where I'm at, man. Who would have thought this? I, I go back, man, I have to pinch myself sometimes. In 2016, I couldn't get an interview. I couldn't get an interview. In 2021, I was the head coach of the University of Texas. Yeah. I'd won a national title. I'd been in the NFL playoffs. I, that, it was an incredible journey, you know, but that wasn't outside of A, the love and support for my wife and B, working hard mm -hmm. and, and then just trusting who you are as a person, man. Like I'm a, I'm a good dude. I, I, I've gotten to the point of, man, I, I know I'm a good dude. Why do they like me? Fred, you asked me that earlier. <laughs> I said, I think I'm a good dude. Yeah. I really do. I think that I like people. I get along with people. I try to find the good in every person I talk to and I try to let them feel me of exactly who I am, and then I just try to bust my butt and do the best job that I can do at whatever I'm doing. I love the story, I love the effort, and I guess from us, I just say, failure only defines people who refuse to rewrite those definitions. Yeah. And so from the pivot, man, just keep writing. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, Coach. Appreciate you guys coming, <laughs> man. Oh, man. That, was, that was really man. cool. Yes, sir. You guys are great. All right, yes, young sir. man. Happy belated appreciate again. It, brother. For sure. <laughs> How old are you, Coach? 49, dude. Young man, young man. It's going to be the best year of my life. Here, I've been telling everybody this, okay? You know at the end of the first half, when you get, you, you get the ball back with like a minute and 30, and you, you know the coaches use that term, lap them. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to score at the end of the first half and get the get ball to start the second half, score again. So it's, I'm, I got the ball, 49. <laughs> it's going to be the best year of my life, and then 50 is going to be even better. We we're going to lap them. That's the positivity I need out of my coach. Hold up. Limitless. Biggest semi-cap pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. 
Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap in it. I find the head to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up.